observation of God for several weeks, and I want to complete it today with this subject, complete transformation. Everybody say complete transformation. transformation. I'm going to take this jacket off. You don't mind? I'm kind of warm. I don't know if you are or not, but I am definitely. Thank you. So if you would this morning, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. If you'll, you can do this. If you download the Rock of Central Florida app, search for it on your app store, the Rock of Central Florida, download that. You can follow along. In fact, all these notes are in there. And in order to stay on point, I'm going to stay very, I'm going to follow these notes very, very closely to stay on point because there's, there are other things that are in me today that I want to release, but I do not want to release them out of time. The salvation of God, everybody say complete transformation. transformation. What in the world does that mean? Exactly what it sounds like. You take one thing that is something one day, when it's transformed, it is something entirely different another day. I heard a message one time, in fact, the message was preached about me. It was a series, and it was preached about me from a my spiritual father, F. Nolan Ball, up in Panama City before we started the Rock of Central Florida some 24, a little over 24 years ago. And the message was preached about me, and it, he talked about this, the difference between restoration and resurrection. What does that look like? It was during a season of my life as I was sitting at the feet of a man of God. He began to, now from my perspective, I felt very much as though um, I felt like everything was right and good in my life. I didn't feel like there were things that were out of place in my life, much like most under the sound of my voice today feel about yourself. I felt like all things are well. I love God. I do everything I know to do to honor Him. That's where I was in my life at that time. But then Yahweh had a different idea, a different thought, and what He did was He placed somebody in my life that didn't have the same feeling about me that I had about me. (laughs) And while he saw in me, this man who had been walking with God for a long time, while he saw in me some of the things that I felt like were present, he also saw in me the things that I overlooked or was incapable of seeing because I was so proud of myself. So proud of how I honored God. He also saw things in me that hindered me from being able to fulfill completely the full purpose that God had put in me. So while I was preaching, and you've heard this and I won't spend a lot of time on it, but while I was preaching one day, he had me at this time. I was preaching every Sunday at the church there. A message of salvation. I did this for quite some time. And he had me preaching this one particular Sunday, and I preached. I stood up. I preached this message when it was all said and done. Long story short, he rebuked me, let everybody in the church know. I don't agree with anything Steve just said. And it wasn't that he didn't agree with the words. He didn't agree with the spirit of what I preached. There was an arrogance. There was a pride that was not purposed in how that message was given. I didn't see the pride. I didn't see the arrogance. I didn't see the futility of my own mind that was getting in the way of his mind working in me. The mind of Christ. I didn't see that. 
what I saw and what I heard was, this is a good message. People will come to Christ and in fact did. When I gave the altar call, people came and received Christ and immediately following that he stood up and said, I don't believe anything Steve just said. My first thought was, how about those people that just got saved? I never said that because I knew he would have an answer. And I left mad that day. And I left mad the next week. And I left mad the week after that. And the week after that, and the week after that, and time went on. And I left mad every week. I went to church mad. I left mad. He would preach something, and I thought, if he can do it to me, I'll do it to him. He would preach something, and in my own head, I would be saying, hmm, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Smart aleck, I don't believe that. But see, I position my heart and mind and soul to be in contest, to be contrary to the change in the work that God wanted to do in my heart. I had positioned myself because I thought too highly of myself. I would positioned myself to disagree with what I should have been agreeing with and agree with what I should have been disagreeing with. I was agreeing with me when I should have been agreeing with the work Holy Spirit was trying to do in me, using this particular person to bring those things to light in my life. So, time went on, long time went on, and then there was a day that he knew, even before I knew, I found myself more and more beginning to understand the things that he was, he was preaching, the things that he was staying, I, I, saying. I found myself more and more as months went into over three years. I found myself more and more getting it, understanding, making a draw, making sense. And I begin to see these things as I would receive them. Suddenly I begin to see them change me. And I would realize, man, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm actually being changed. This that I have rejected because I didn't like it has suddenly begun to change me and make me better. And as I begin to realize that that's actually the purpose of God is not to leave us the same way, but to make us better. The purpose of God isn't for you and me, you or I, to arrive on a Sunday morning for a service and to leave in the same condition with the same mind that we arrived with. The purpose of God is that when we come together, the Word of God begins to prick the places in our lives that we find pride in. The purpose of God is that He begins to move and breathe into these places that might hinder us from walking in the fullness of what He's called us to, even if with our own eyes we don't see it. So I remember vividly, and my wife will too, and, any, and Gaston will because he was there that day. But I remember Apostle Ball standing up in that platform And when he began to speak, he said, I'm going to teach today 
on this thought, the difference between restoration and resurrection. And as he began to speak, he began to talk about how if you take something and all you do is restore it, it is simply the same thing that looks better. But the bones of it are the same. Restoration still has within it a measure of its old self. But when something is resurrected, it has to die. Quit functioning. Quit thinking. Quit operating. Quit believing. I have all the answers. When something dies, it stops talking. It stops arguing. It stops pushing back. When something dies and accepts that death was necessary for something else, what comes out of that tomb, that Lazarus that comes forth, is nothing like that Lazarus that went in. That Christ that came out of the grave was nothing like the Christ that went into it. When something is resurrected, it comes forth with greater power, greater authority, dominion, greater understanding. So he preached all about this. It was beautiful. It was an incredible message. The whole time he's preaching that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, man, it, I wish that were me because I, I need to be resurrected because right now I'm feeling like I'm being restored but not resurrected. And then suddenly it hit. And he said, today, this whole message, I'm talking about my son, Steve Parker. He said, would you join me on this pulpit, this platform? Immediately, I lost all color. My heart, I'm certain, stopped beating. I was terrified because I remember what he did last time. He said, join me on the platform. But I joined him on the platform. And he said, son, it's taken a while to get you to the place where you are capable of everything that God put in you. In some ways you resisted and in some ways you embraced. But it's taken a while to get you to the place where you were willing to die. You were willing to give up everything that you had come from. You were willing to stop considering everything that you had learned previous to this. It's taken you a while. He said, I could have simply restored you and said, preach again. But what you would have done is preached a more colorful message, but with the same lack of life. But because you've come to this place, and he grabbed me, he hugged me, today you're resurrected. He said, you died. And what has come out of the tomb is a completely different man. Your message will never be the same. You'll never see things the way that you did before, and you'll never do things the same way again. And you know what? It's true. Maybe not to you, because you didn't know me before, most of you. But you wouldn't have liked. Maybe you would have. You probably wouldn't have cared of the guy who went into the grave, who went into the tomb, who went in feeling pretty good about himself, 
who went in feeling like, what can they teach me? Who went in feeling like, I've been doing this a long time. And you're an old man. What are you going to teach me? You can't even connect with this generation. Only to realize, you know this generation better than I do. Only to realize, God, even though He's a generational God, the message does not change from one generation to the next. Is anybody hearing me this morning? So it was a complete transformation for Steve Parker that my wife witnessed front row. She got to watch me every time I walked into the house and said, I hate this place and I really don't care for that man. And then she got to watch when I came in here and I said, I love that man. And I love what God has used him to do. And I hope everybody loves the new me. (laughs) Three people love me. There's an old, I don't know what year he was born, but he's, he's an older fellow. Preacher, his name was T.F. Tenney. Some of you that are my generation will, will know of him, but he was an old Pentecostal preacher, Pentecostal evangelist. And he said this, and I thought it was profound. I, I love this statement. This is a quote of his not long before he passed, maybe 15, 20 years ago. He said, God is more concerned with our development than he is with our comfort. God is more concerned with our development than He is with our comfort. While we, on the other hand, are more concerned with our comfort most of the time than we are with our development. Well, I don't know if I can accept that word. I don't know if I can accept that that He's saying because, you know what, I find my peace in God and if, if this isn't peaceful, then we get those two things so confused, peace and comfort. He said, God is more concerned with our development. Everybody say that with me. God is more concerned with my development than He is with my comfort. Don't answer, but how comfortable are you? How comfortable have you become in your comfort? How proud of yourself are you? That's the nice way of saying how full of yourself are you? Romans 5, 6 says this, says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For while we were still weak, say this with me, at the right time, time. not the wrong time. (laughs) I love that, those three or four little words. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. I want to talk about a few things here and I'm going to follow along with my notes so I don't get sidetracked because like I said, there's other things that are in me. I'll get to another time, but it will take me in a different direction. It's not time for that. It's not the right time for that. I want to talk about vision, desire, and determination. You know, I love watching things change so much that they are no longer remembered as they were before. I love that. It's fascinating to me to see the transformation of different things that are very tangible, that you can touch, you can put your hands on. I love to see that transformation, and I'm going to give you a few examples. The trees on my wife and mine, the trees on our property, 
when we were getting ready to build the house, we had removed. We had 51 trees removed from our property. We had them milled. When they were removed, we, they were sold to a mill right down the street. And we had them milled into tongue and groove wood and shiplap boards. When they took that tree and they shredded the bark, they, took, they removed the bark from the tree and that we went to the mill. The mill, it's, it's just amazing to see, but they take that tree, they remove that bark, they square that thing up, they do everything that they need to do. He asked us, how big do you want your shiplap? We gave him all the details of what we wanted. How, how wide do we want each board with tongue and groove? What do we want the groove to look like? It could be rounded, beveled, it could be in many ways. What would you like it to look like? So we, he showed us all the little dies and we... we you looked at all of them and chose which one we wanted. And what we could have bought at Lowe's for $7 a foot, we paid $0.75 cents a foot for, even though it came off of our property for him to do it. So he takes this tree, and he runs it through these saws, and he mills for us out of those trees that once stood on that property alive. Everybody say, they once stood alive. He took those trees... And he began to mill them, and he made us a lot of shiplap and a lot of tongue and groove boards that today in our new home are hanging all over our house. They're in our laundry room on the wall, they're in our ceilings, stained and beautiful, and every time we walk into our house or you walk into our house, you're going to see wood from trees that once stood where the house is. So they live on. So those things live on, but no longer as a pine tree. At the right time, complete transformation came to them. What changed the tree? And this is what changed that tree. Three things that I said a moment ago. Vision, say it with me, vision, Vision. desire, Desire. and determination. Vision, desire, and determination change the tree, and the tree will now live on longer on our ceiling and our walls than it would have without any transformation at all. Without vision, desire, and determination, those trees in time, in fact, many of them were already dead, would have died, fallen to the ground, and they would have rotted away. But now, as long as that house is, those trees will be. They will live on because of vision, desire, and determination. Somebody, my wife and me, looked out there and said, let's do something with these trees. They are dead, but they can live. In this transformation today, when I look at them, I don't see pine trees. I see beautiful wood. The second thing, My mind goes to is an old truck that was exactly that, an old truck. It was an old, beat-up, 1966 Chevrolet pickup with a broken shift linkage, torn seats, and worn-out tires. I drove it in high school. It was my father's truck, 66 Chevrolet pickup truck. Every time I stopped at the stop sign to shift it, it was a three-speed on the column. I would have to jump out. I always wanted to not have a stop sign (laughs) or a stop red light. I'd have to jump out, pop the hood with everybody around, get up there, join the linkage back together, shut the hood, get in there, and then take off, hoping, hope nobody stops at the next light. For two years, I drove that 1966 Chevrolet pickup truck 
step side, beautiful, gorgeous truck. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it was old. It was beat up. Seats were torn. The inside was awful. The glass was clouded. Linkage was broke. Everything that, the only thing it did was move barely. <laughs> but I drove it into that high school parking lot every day. And then we parked it one day and it died. Seemingly, life had flittered away, had no purpose, good to no one. But my brother had three things, vision, desire, and determination. So my dad passed in 2013. Now, I graduated high school in 1982, so I drove that truck from 1980 to 1982, a couple years ago. And when my dad died in 2013, he still had that old truck, and it was stuck out in a barn. Hadn't been driven in years and years. He just couldn't let go of that truck. He got it from Missouri, where he was from, so he had sentimental value. Doesn't matter. We keep a lot of things with sentimental value that are only going to rust and decay. Admit it. You've got boxes in your attic. You don't even know what's in those boxes. The roaches do. The mice do. Every now and then they'll visit you to remind you, do you remember your passport's in that box in the attic? But my brother, he had vision, he had desire, and he had determination. And he restored that old truck, adding several improvements. He rebuilt it. And it's no longer the same truck that I drove in high school. At the right time, everybody say at the right time, a complete transformation happened to that truck. I drove that resurrected truck about mm, six months ago. I went up where my brother lives. We had to be up there for something. And I got up there to where my brother lives, and he said, I want to show you something. So Kim and I pulled over into a Tim Hortons coffee shop. Great coffee, by the way. Not as good as Nations. <laughs> pulled over into that Tim Horton coffee shop. My brother shows up a few minutes later. He called me on my cell phone. He shows up a few minutes later, and he pulls up in this beautiful, gorgeous blue. I knew immediately. That, I think, is the truck I drove, but it looks nothing like the truck I drove. It had a little rumble to it. He said, get in. I opened up the door. The seats, oh, sweet. White vinyl, just like it would have been off the showroom 50-some years ago. I've got pictures. I saw that on the column, the shifter was no longer there. He had put it in the floor. He added a nice stereo on the dashboard. Mirrors were all fixed, not broken. I got in that. He said, you want to drive it? Yeah. He gave me the keys. I got in there, turned that thing over, and you could feel it. I said, get in, honey. 
got a picture of both of us sitting there in front of a coffee shop. She sits beside me. In that old truck, you can slide all the way over. Get on over here, honey. Let's pretend like we're 16, which would make her six. <laughs> I turn that thing on, it's just, I'm sitting there. Bum, bum, bum. Now he said, now be careful. He said, because the way you remember this truck, it doesn't run like that anymore. When you touch the gas on this thing, it's going to go. And by the way, and by the way, he said, the blinkers don't work. <laughs> I pull that thing out of that Tim Hortons coffee shop. Me and my wife. <laughs> I'm waiting for an opening. Man, I touched that gas. That all it wanted to do was peel out. All I wanted to do was let it peel out. <laughs> I went around that corner and got down the road on one of those little country roads. <laughs> let that baby run. And, and listen, to that. this isn't the same truck, babe. I didn't have to stop and fix the linkage. I didn't worry about tires blowing out. They were beautiful. He had some nice, got some nice rims on that thing. Painted that thing fresh, smelled so good. It's beautiful. In fact, if you're watching right now, I want that truck. Don't sell that truck. <laughs> at the right time. Everybody say at the right time. Because someone had vision. Say it. Desire and determination. A complete transformation in that truck happened. Vision. Desire. That truck will now live on longer than it would have if transformation had not come. And then I want to tell you about a bed and a pallet. Was cast off in the trash somewhere. I don't know where. But somewhere, a headboard and a footboard and an old pallet was cast off because someone thought it doesn't have any useful purpose anymore. But then one of my sons, Matt Hoffman, found that headboard, that footboard, and that pallet. And out of that old headboard and that old footboard and that old pallet that someone had cast off, Matt made Kim and me the most beautiful bench from that old headboard, that old footboard, and that pallet that was disposed of by someone else. Today, that old headboard, that old footboard was dead in the mind of everyone else. Would have ended up being buried in the dirt and the heap of trash in the local landfill. Today, that old thing has been reborn, resurrected. It sits in the entrance of our house and it is uniquely crafted and beautifully designed and gorgeous to look at. At the right time, everybody say. Someone with vision, desire, and determination brought life back to what was dead. What changed in that bed in the pallet? The bed and the pallet will now live on longer than it ever would have 
had Matt just driven on by? If someone else cast it off, why would I give it any attention? If it isn't important to anyone else, why would it be important to me? On its own accord, the headboard can't say to the footboard and the footboard to the pallet, let's live again. The headboard and the footboard and the pallet depended on somebody with vision, desire, and determination to give it life. It needed somebody with movement in their digits to be able to sand it, paint it, strip it, take the nails out so that it could live on longer than it ever would have had transformation not come. Again, I bring you to Romans chapter 5, verse 6. says, For while we were still weak at the right time, everybody say at the right time. While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So when is the right time? While we were still weak, without the power to become what we were destined to be. Weak means whatever place we find ourselves in, that we no longer lack the power, the faith, the passion the vision, the desire, or the determination to become what we were meant to be. Three things I want to speak to that identifies each of these stories that I shared and makes them uniquely different and yet united in the same spirit. The first thing I want to address is one being visibly strong. Were the trees weak, I ask? Not visibly. Not visibly. But they were dying. I couldn't see it. But they were dying. I learned something about trees. I learned that if you go out to especially pines and laurel oaks, I learned that if you go out to them, you can take a rubber mallet and you can tap on them. The clear indicator that the tree is hollow inside and it's about to fall. Everybody go home and check your trees now. I learned throughout this process that a clear indicator that it's about to die or about to fall is if you see leaves at the top of the tree and then suddenly leaves begin to grow on the lower parts of the tree. When leaves and branches begin to come out of the lower part of the tree, that's an indicator that everything in between is hollow. You can take a mallet and you can tap on that tree and you can hear it. So if you see branches coming out on the lower side of the tree, just cut it down because it's coming down. So when you look at the trees, when we would walk out there and we would look at these pine trees, one of our, one of our favorite pine trees was one that we called Ben, Big Ben. It was massive. This tree looked amazing. It looked so alive, nothing could touch it. It was huge. I don't even know how to tell you the dimension. It was massive. And we wanted to save that tree. So we took down all the other pines and we left Big Ben. Because visibly, Big Ben was strong. He looked like he had his act together. Everything is good. Nothing can touch me. Remember Steve Parker and back in the 80s? You don't, most of you don't remember that. 
But visibly strong, we look out there at Ben, and then all of a sudden, after we've taken all these trees down and we're moving along, all of a sudden we begin to realize this thing is changing. This tree that looks visibly strong on the outside, on the inside, is clearly not. Because the bristles, the little, what do they call them? The needles begin to turn. Pine cones dropped, even immature pine cones. Until one day there wasn't a needle left. And we had to call somebody in and say, take it down. Visibly strong. But it was dying. Then the second thing I want to bring your attention to is that second story, the truck just getting by. Was the truck weak? It ran. That's all it would do. You could start the motor, but you couldn't shift it into gear. So it sat. It ran, but it was decaying. It was falling apart. The fenders were rusting. The tires didn't even all have, wouldn't even all hold air. The seats were torn. It was just getting by. I wonder among us, how many of us fall into that category? Just getting by. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just getting by. But what happened to that truck? Someone came in and did what? They had vision. They had desire. And they had determination. And they said, today you might just be getting by. But what I'm about to do is a complete transformation. Let me, if you will, truck, take my hammer to your fender. Let me, if you will, truck. Take my impact wrench to your wheels and remove them. Let me, if you will, truck, remove in its entirety your engine. What makes you tick? Because, truck, I have vision, I have desire, and I have determination. And while today you might just be getting by, if you'll trust me, complete transformation will come to you. And then the last thing was that thing that was cast off. Were the headboard, footboard, and pallet, were they weak? Because remember, for while we were still weak, at the right time, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So were the headboard, the footboard, and the pallet, were they weak? They'd simply been disposed of by everyone except someone with what? Vision, desire, and determination. Someone with vision, desire, and determination looked at what others cast off. No one gave any hope for Everyone else said, you can't do anything with this. The best place for this is throw it in the trash. But someone said, I have, I see what it can be. And I know what it will be. And I'm determined to get it there. For you and me, Yahweh has what? Vision, desire, and determination. 
And He wants to transform us by His Word and Spirit. Doesn't matter whether or not you're visibly strong, but coming apart in the middle. Doesn't matter if you're just getting by and and feeling like, you know, at any moment this whole thing could come apart. It doesn't matter if maybe you've been cast off by everyone but yourself. What matters is we serve a God who has vision, desire, and determination. What He doesn't want to do is make you a better you of who you are right now. What He wants to do is He wants to completely resurrect you so that you can completely come in to who He designed you and destined for you to be. So what would my words be to you, to me, to us, to anyone watching or hearing this morning? My words would be, do not resist. The tree became something greater because it did not resist the mill. The truck became something greater because it did not resist the mechanic. And the bed and the pallet became something greater because they did not resist the craftsman. We, in like manner, should not resist our Creator. Again, Romans 5 says this, For while we were still weak, While we were still visibly strong, but weak in the middle. While we were still weak, just getting by. I just, if I can just get through the day. While we were still weak, nobody even knows I exist. I've been cast off. I'm sitting beside the road waiting on the trash truck to come pick me up. While we were in those places, whichever of those places anyone might feel that they are today. I want you to know that while we are still weak, at the right time, Christ came to make us brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Not a better one of ourselves, but brand new. Completely transforming our mind bringing us to the point where we don't think of ourselves as cast off anymore, but we instead think of ourselves as cast on. I'm on purpose. I have been cast, and I am on purpose. No longer looking at ourselves as visibly strong, but internally weak. We see our our strength. We find our strength not in our own ability, not because we can do this or we can do that good, but we're strong because of what He puts in us and our confidence and our faith is in Him. Does anyone hear me this morning? Would you stand with me if you would, please? So I don't know where you fall today. I don't know if you're the tree, the truck, or the bed and the pallet. I don't know if you're visibly strong but internally weak. I don't know if you're just getting by, and I don't know if you feel cast off. 
I don't know the answers to those for anybody in this room. The only person I can answer that about is Steve Parker. But this is a question, or this is an answer I can give to everybody with a question in this room. And that is Jesus Christ is the answer for all of those things. No matter how you may define yourself, he doesn't define you like that. You're all strong to him. He has vision for you. He has desire. He desires to completely renew your mind, to totally change you, to totally transform you. And he is determined to do it. He's so determined. The father was so determined. He sent his only son so that you could know him. He said, I'm going to hold nothing back if I have it. When my kids come to me and they recognize me and they say, I love you so much. If I have it, they have it. So if in this room this morning there's somebody that will say, Steve Parker, you know what? I'm one of those things. I'm visibly strong on the outside. Everybody looks at me and they think, "Woo, got it together. But inside, man, nothing's attached. You might be one that says, man, I'm just getting by. I'm barely getting by. I've, I've somehow I've got my eyes set on all the wrong things. I'm just, I'm, whatever. And you might be, feel like one that's just been completely cast off. You're on your own. You're trying to steer the boat and you're trying to row the boat. And you realize you can't do them both. Doesn't matter which of these you might find yourself being. But if you're any of these, I want to tell you something today. There is a God full of vision, full of desire. And He is determined this morning to resurrect you. So if you're in this room today and you need to die in your mind to who you were so that you can be resurrected to what He wants you to be, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to join me in the front of this building. Don't wait on somebody else. Just line up across the front. Don't wait, don't wait. And if I'm telling you today, God wants to transform who you are. He wants to transform you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, those of you that are standing here, and you come, keep coming if you feel you need to come. I'm telling you, you'll know if you need to come because you know inside of you right now Holy Spirit's getting your attention. That's not, that's not simply butterflies. I'm going to tell you if Holy Spirit is stirring you this morning, don't, don't resist Him. Don't resist the Spirit of God. Don't resist the Spirit of God. doesn't matter where you think you might be. Don't try to be that visibly strong person that thinks, well, if I do that, everybody's going to think that, you know, I'm not that strong person. Well, it's okay to not be. It's okay so that He can make you that person. Amen. I want to tell you something. When the Father sent His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, He did it for that reason. 
so that we would have life and so that we would have an abundant, live an abundant life. A life full of joys, full of laughter, full of peace. A life, while not void of challenges, is a life filled with answers to move us through those challenges. When we receive Christ and we allow Him to become a part of our lives and we repent of the person that we were and we die to that person and we say to Him, make me new, transform me, resurrect me today in Your image. When we do that, what we're doing is we're saying to Him, I trust You. And what we're saying to Him today is we're saying, I come to You today and I'm wrapping my arms around Your leg and I'm saying, I love You so much. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. When I was with up in Panama City, Nolan Ball, who was my spiritual father, who changed my life because he was so obedient to the Word of God, and, and it just impacted me in so many ways. And oh man, even the difficult times. But I can tell you, when I was with him in those seven years that I was there, and I sat at his feet. I want to tell you, I wouldn't trade those years for nothing. Not, not a, there's nothing I would trade those years from because, you know, what happened was he let God use him to bring, bring truth to me in such a way that no longer did I feel like I had to hold my shoulders back and, and feel like I had it all together. I realized I can be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to not know how to do it all. It's okay to not have an answer for everything. It's okay. As long as I recognize that all truth comes from Him. As long as I recognize that, Father, you're doing a work in me and I'm going to let you do it and you're making me a stronger man today. You're making me a better man. You're resurrecting this old thing. This old thing with flat tires, torn seats, cloudy glass, a broken linkage. You're resurrecting this old thing. You're taking this old tree that nobody knows yet that it's about to die. It's visibly strong, but inside it's coming apart. You've taken this old thing, cast off by so many, but not by you. But not by you. But not by you. You're changing me. 